guys, this is the fifteenth episode of Percy Jackson podcast. Well, of season four at least. I mean, I wonder how many episodes are gonna be here. It's gonna be quite a few, huh? <laughs> okay. I mean, they escaped the arena, the underground arena. I might add. Now, let's see what's going to happen next. <clears throat> sure. This way, Rachel yelled. Why should we follow you? Albert demanded. You led us straight into the death trap. It was the way you needed to go, Rachel said. And so is this. Come on. Albert didn't look happy about it, but she ran along with the rest of us. Rachel seemed to know exactly where she was going. She whipped around corners and didn't even hesitate at crossroads. Once, she said duck, and we all crouched as a huge axe swung over our shoulders. Then we kept going as if nothing had happened. Lost track of how many turns we made. We didn't stop to rest until we came to a room the size of a gymnasium with old marble columns holding up the roof. I stood at the doorway, listening for sounds of pursuit, but I heard nothing. Apparently, we'd lost Luke and his minions in the maze. Then I realized something else. Mrs. O'Leary was gone. I didn't know where she had disappeared. I didn't know if she'd got lost or been overrun by monsters or what. My heart turned to lead. She'd saved our lives and I hadn't even waited to make sure she was following us. Ethan collapsed on the floor. You people are crazy. You pulled off his helmet. His face gleamed with sweat. Annabeth gasped. I remember you. You were one of the hundred determined kids in the army's cabin years ago. He glared at her. Yeah, and you're Annabeth, I remember. What, what happened to you? What happened to your eye? Ethan looked away, and I got the feeling that that was one of the subjects he would not discuss. You must be the half-blood from my dream, I said. The one Luke's people cornered wasn't Nico after all. Who's Nico? Never mind, Annabeth said quickly. Why were you trying to join up with the wrong side? Ethan sneered. There is no right side. The gods never care about us. Why shouldn't I sign up with an army that makes you fight to the death for entertainment? Annabeth said, gee, I wonder. Ethan struggled to his feet. I'm not going to argue with you. Thanks for the help, but I'm out of here. We're going after Daedalus. I said, come with us. Once we get through, you'll be welcome back at camp. You really are crazy if you think Daedalus will help you. He has to, Arabeth said. We'll make him listen. Ethan snorted. Yeah, well, good luck with that. I grabbed his arm. You're just going to head off alone into the maze? That's suicide. He looked at me with barely controlling anger. His right eye patch was faded on the edges and the black cloth was faded like he'd been wearing it a long, long time. You shouldn't have spared me, Jackson. Mercy has no place in this war. Then he ran off into the darkness, back the way we'd come. Annabeth, Rachel, and I were so exhausted we made camp right there in the huge room. 
I found some scrap wood and we started a fire. Shadows danced out the column, raising, rising around us like trees. Something was wrong about Luke. Annabeth muttered, poking at the fire with her knife. Did you notice the way he was acting? He looked pretty pleased to me, I said, like he'd spent a nice day torturing heroes. That's not true. There was something wrong with him. He looked nervous. He told his monsters to spare me. He wanted to tell me something. Probably. Hi, Annabeth. So sit here with me and watch while I uh, wore your friends apart. It will be fun. You're impossible, Annabeth grumbled. She sheathed her dagger and looked at Rachel. So which way now? Sacagawea? Rachel would respond right away. She'd become quieter since the arena. Now, whenever Annabeth made a sarcastic comment, Rachel hardly bothered to answer. She'd burn the tip of a stick in a, uh, a stick of fire and was using it to draw ash figures in the floor. Images of the monsters were seen. With a few strokes, she caught the likeness of a drasnay perfectly. We followed the path, she said, the brightness on the floor. The brightness that led us straight into a trap. Annabeth said, lay off her, Annabeth. I said, she's doing the best she can. Annabeth stood. The fire's getting low. I'll go look for some scraps while you guys talk strategy. And she marched off into the shadows. Rachel drew another figure with her stick and ashy and tears dangling from the chains. Annabeth's not usually like this. I told her, I don't know what her problem is. Rachel raised her eyebrows. Are you sure you don't know? What do you mean? Boy, she muttered, totally blind. Hey, don't you get on my case too. Look, I'm sorry I got you involved in this. No, no, you were right, she said. I can't see the path. I can't explain it, but it's really clear. She pointed towards the other end of the room into the darkness. The workshop is that way, heart of the maze. We're very close now. I don't know where the path led us through that arena. I I'm sorry about that. I thought you were going to die. She sounded like she was close to crying. Hey, I'm, I'm usually about to die. I promised. I don't feel bad. She studied my face. So you do this every summer, fight monsters, save the world. Don't you ever get to do just your normal stuff? I'd never really thought about it like that. The last time I had had some normal, uh, I'd had something like a normal life had been, well, never. Half of us got used to it, I guess, or maybe not used to it, but I shifted uncomfortably. What about you? What do you do normally? Rachel shrugged. I paint? I read a lot? Okay, I thought so far we are scoring a zero on the similarities chart. What about your family? I could sense her mental shields going up like this was not a safe subject. Oh, um, they're just, you know, family. You said they wouldn't notice if you were gone. She set down her drawing stick. Well, I'm really tired. I may sleep for a while, okay? Oh, oh, oh sure. Oh, sorry if... 
But Rachel was already curling up using her backpack as a pillow. She closed her eyes and lay very still, but I got the feeling she wasn't really asleep. A few minutes later, Annabeth came back. She tossed some more sticks in the fire. She looked at Rachel, then at me. I'll take first watch, she said. You should sleep too. You don't have to act like that. Like what? Like... Never mind. I lay down, feeling miserable. I was so tired, I fell asleep as soon as my eyes closed. In my dreams, I heard laughter. Cold, harsh laughter, like knives been sharpened. I was standing at the edge of a pit at the depths of Tartarus. Below me, the darkness seethed like inky soup. The description, that's awesome. So close to your own destruction, little hero, the voice of Kronos chided. And still you are blind. The voice was different than it had been before. It seemed almost physical now, as if it was speaking from a real body instead of whatever it'd been in this chopped up condition. I have much to thank you for, Kronos said. You have assured my rise. The shadows in the cavern became deeper and heavier. I tried to back away from the edge of the pit, but it was like swimming through oil. Time slowed down. My breathing almost stopped. A favor, Kronos said. The Titan Lord always pays his debts. Perhaps a glimpse of the friends you abandoned. The darkness rippled around me and I was in a different cave. Hurry! Tyson said. He came barreling into the room. Grover stumbled along behind him. There was a rumbling in the corridor they'd come from and the head of a normal snake burst into the cave. I mean, this thing was so big its body barely fitted into the tunnel. Its scales were coppery, his head were diamond-shaped like a rattler, but and its yellow eyes glowed with hatred. When it opened its mouth, its fangs were as tall as Tyson. And Tyson was pretty tall, you guys, right? Wow. It lashed at Grover, but Grover scampered out of the way. The snake got a handful of dirt. Tyson picked up a boulder and threw it at the monster, smacking it between the eyes. But the snake just recoiled and hissed. It's gonna eat you, Grover yelled at Tyson. How do you know? It just told me, run. Tyson darted to one side, but the snake used his head like a club and knocked him off his feet. No, Grover yelled, but before Tyson could regain his balance, the snake wrapped around him and started to squeeze. Tyson strained, pushing with all his immense strength, but the snake squeezed tighter. Grover frantically hit the snake with his wheat pipes, but he might as well have been banging a stone wall. The whole room shook as the snake flexed muscles, shuddering to overcome Tyson's strength. Grover began to play the pipes, and stalactites rained down from the ceiling. The whole cave seemed about to collapse. And then I woke with Annabeth shaking my shoulder. Percy, wake up! Oh my god. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've had a lot of stranger things in my mind right now. So, that dialogue came out like that. <laughs> okay, now I... Tyson, Tyson's in trouble, I said. We have to help him. First things first, she said, earthquake. 
and sure enough, the room was rumbling. Rachel, I yelled. Her eyes opened instantly. She grabbed her pack, and the three of us ran. We were almost the far tunnel where the column next to us groaned and buckled. We kept going as a hundred tons of marble crashed around behind us. We made it to the corridor and turned just in time to see the other columns toppling. A cloud of white dust billowed over us, and we kept running. You know what? Annabeth said, I like this way after all. It wasn't long before we saw light up ahead, like regular electric lighting. There, Rachel said. We followed her into a stainless steel hallway, like I imagined they'd have on a space station or something. Fluorescent lights glowed from the ceiling. The floor was a metal grate. I was so used to be in the darkness that I had to squint. Annabeth and Rachel both looked pale in the harsh illumination. This way, Rachel said, beginning to run. We're close. This is so wrong, Annabeth said. The workshop should be in the older section of the maze. This can't... She faltered because we'd arrived at a set of metal double doors inscribed in the steel at eye level was a large blue Greek delta. We are here, Rachel announced. Dallas's workshop. Annabeth pressed the symbol on the doors and the hissed open. So much for ancient architecture, I said. Annabeth scowled. Together we walked inside. The first thing that struck me was the daylight. Blazing sun coming through the giant windows. Not the kind of thing you'd expect in the heart of a dungeon. The workshop was like an artist's studio. With ten meter uh, ceiling and industrial lighting, polished stone floors and workbenches. A spiral staircase led up to second story loft. Half a dozen easels. Easels displayed hand-drawn diagrams for buildings and machines that looked like Leonardo da Vinci sketches. Several laptop computers were scattered around the tables, glass jars of green oil, Greek fire, lined one shelf. There were inventions to weird metal machines I couldn't make sense of. One was a bronze chair with a bunch of electric wires attached to it, like some kind of torture device. In other corners stood a giant metal egg the size of a man. There was a grandfather's clock that appeared to be made entirely of glass so you could see the gears turning and hanging on the wall were several sets of bronze and silver wings. The Immortalis, Annabeth muttered. She ran to the nearest easel and looked at the sketch. He's a genius. Look at the curves in this building. And an artist, Rachel said in amazement, these wings are amazing. The wings looked more advanced than the ones I'd seen in my dreams. The feathers were more tightly interwoven. Instead of wax seals, self-adhesive strips ran down the sides. I kept my hand on Riptide. Apparently, Daedalus was not at home, but the workshop looked like it had been used recently. The laptops were running with the screen savers. A half-eaten blueberry muffin and a coffee cup sat on the workbench. I walked to the window. The view outside was amazing. I recognized the rocky mountains in the distance. We were high up in the foothills, at least 150 meters, and down below, valleys spread out, filled with the tumble collection of red missiles and the boulders and the spires of stone. It looked like some huge kid had been building a toy city with, size, with skyscraper-sized blocks and then decided to knock it over. Why are we here? Where are we? I wondered. Colorado Springs, a voice said behind us, the garden of the gods. Standing on the spiral staircase above us with his weapon drawn was our missing swordmaster, Quintus. 
will do till here. I mean, I like to leave the story at a cliffhanger. And, well, you turn around, you see Quintus, and the screen goes blank. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So, we'll meet again next Sunday, only on the Percy Jackson Podcast. So, stay tuned.